What a great day to be alive. I think every day is a great day to be alive. Especially if you're doing awesome stuff and listening to awesome stuff like Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thanks for coming back, pushing play, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, or Google Music. Definitely appreciate you checking us out. This is episode 43. And what I like to call an awesome show, as always, I like the word awesome as well. If you did not know that by now, it's one of my favorites. But we have a great show, an awesome show, for you with St. Bede Wrestling Coach Sam Allen. And I really, really loved our conversation. I honestly didn't say much at all. I asked a couple questions and let Sam talk. He is an incredible man doing incredible things with the Bruins wrestling team and his own family situation. Sam's wife, Amy, is going through a neurological disorder. It started where she lost feeling in her fingers and then she really couldn't walk or move. And now she's gotten better, but still in the process of going to different hospitals and trying to find out how it started, what is happening, and things like that. Sam is 100% real with us, tells us everything that has been going on with him and his family. And it was awesome to talk to him about that. Awesome to have a guy that was open to share with all of us a struggle that the Allen family is going through. So I really appreciate him chatting with us. It was great. It was great. I really liked talking to him. I wrote a story on it with a local newspaper when it first happened about a year and a half ago. And I've been following the journey of them and and her recovery and getting back to normal as possible that we all try to do. Just wish them the best. Before we get to Sam, I mean, I have the Bulls game on in the background. It is the Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans. There is about three minutes and 50 seconds left in the second quarter. Bulls, of course, are trailing 60 to 48. So I am watching that and I'm like, hey, I kind of want to talk about some NBA stuff. I'm not going to talk about a crazy amount of NBA stuff. Okay, maybe. Who knows? I got time. J.J. Redick has got 13 points, and Brandon Ingram has got 12 points for the Pelicans just before halftime. I said the Pelicans first because the Bulls have not been playing great ball, and I love them. I'm never going to give up on the Bulls. But when I looked at this, I was like, hey, how's Zion doing? (laughs) How's Brandon Ingram doing? I'm not going to lie. Brandon Ingram, he's been playing lights out this whole season. Zion is the future of the NBA, and I, I mean... The Bulls are 19-33. and 33. They're not really going anywhere fast. They might make the playoffs. They might not. But the way they've been playing recently is not going to get them there. Before the Bulls right now, Zach Levine's got 12. Kobe White's got 10. Like I said, this is about, now it's 240 left in the second quarter. But hope the Bulls can get in. I love watching wins. Well, you never know. You never know. Speaking of Brandon Ingram, I wanted to talk about the NBA All-Star game. That's kind of what I'm going to focus in on in this intro. I like the format. It started a couple years ago where they have two teams and they just pick players instead of having an East versus West. And and they were trying to revamp the All-Star game. So this was cool. So the two captains drafted the starters. And this is who we got. Of course, the captain is going to be a starter. So it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, the best one-two in basketball I feel right now. Kawhi Leonard, 
Luka Doncic and James Harden. Game over. Game over. It doesn't even matter who Giannis picked. Game over. Game over. Harden, Doncic, Leonard, Davis, James. Are you serious? That's five out of the six best players in the league right now. I mean, if you're talking about MVP race and you said the top 10, those five and Giannis are probably the top six players that you're talking about. I don't see how they're not. So LeBron's got the top five out of the top six? Insane. Giannis has got Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. Man, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, they're all good players. They're all good players, and I don't mean to laugh. But Trey Young and Kemba Walker against James Harden and Luka Doncic. Giannis, I mean, he can play. Uh, he's, to me, he's probably MVP again. He's a monster. Joel Embiid is slow compared to all the rest of these guys. Are you telling me that Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis are going to try to back each other down in the paint? No, not really. Even Siakam, he's going to be shooting. It's going to be a fast-paced game, so take Joel Embiid out a little bit. I know he's more athletic than the typical big dude, but I don't think he fits in this game. And then Luka, Luka can do anything. Kawhi can do anything. James Harden is... <laughs> he can't play defense, but this isn't a defensive game. So, yeah, LeBron team all the way. Even the backups. LeBron's team. Damian Willard, stud. Ben Simmons, stud. Kola Jokic. I say it like that. I always do. <laughs> stud. Jason Tatum, stud. Chris Paul. Aging stud, but playing really, really well. Russell Westbrook, he's cool. Demontis Sabonis from the Pacers. He is playing awesome right now. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I only said that about Russell Westbrook just because, I don't know, I felt I don't feel like he is that upper echelon player anymore, and he still gets treated like that. I thought about that kind of last year when he was still with the Thunder. And then the backups for Giannis, Chris Middleton, good shooter. Bam Adebayo from the Heat. He's a great player. I love watching him. Definitely a great player. Rudy Gobert. Gobert? I gotta say it with the Frenchness. Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. The best defensive center in the league, no doubt. Definitely deserves to be on an all-star team. Jimmy Butler from the Heat. I knew when the Heat took him that he was going to shine there because it was going to be his team and he also had the determination, the drive, the extra added stipulation of trying to... Dwayne Wade was now gone. Dwayne Wade had been the Heat. So now Jimmy's taking over a team and he's got something to live up to or something to prove. So he's got something to prove. He's the man and he can do whatever he wants to. Okay, why wouldn't Jimmy Butler shine in that spot? He's been trying to be the man everywhere that he goes. He's very driven seen his workouts or before he left the Bulls when he was in practice and pretty much telling everybody that he's better than them looking for something to keep him fired up well now he's got this thing like hey I want to be better than Dwayne Wade in Miami I don't think it's gonna happen but he's a great player and he is using this opportunity to do the best that he can I'm glad he got in there Kyle Lowry I think he deserves to be there the Raptors are playing awesome and he has a lot to do with that Brandon Ingram like I said before he has been dynamic all over the court. I thought he was going to be awesome straight out of, you know, straight when he got drafted in the NBA. It didn't happen like that. He kind of 
you know, had the growing pains, this and that. But now he is definitely an all-star. And then Donovan Mitchell, I love playing with him on NBA 2K. I'm glad he's in there too. Speaking of 2K, I just want to mention this real quick before I talk about the rest of the all-star stuff. Giannis in NBA 2K, pink diamond version, unfair, unfair. I keep running up against Giannis, online triple threat, online domination games, online challenges. He is just an absolute monster. He still can't really shoot. I mean, he can shoot better than he probably can in real life. But you just, you can't stop him. He's grabbing every single board. He's stealing every lazy pass. He is just absolutely dynamic as a pink diamond NBA 2K. So if you don't have that card and you're going against him, it's game over because you don't have anybody to stop him. LeBron can't. I mean, that's probably your best option because he's quick and big and stuff like that. But Giannis is quicker because he's younger and... It's, it's just not even fair. Not even fair. Also wanted to talk about how they're doing the game. You know, definitely respects to Kobe Bryant, and that's what they were trying to do with this new format for the All-Star game. It is going to be in Chicago, by the way, if you didn't know that, February 14th and 16th. I am pumped up. I'm always pumped up for the All-Star game. Yes, it's an exhibition. Yes, there's no defense. Yes, it's just kind of like, eh, we're here. But it's fun. It's fun to watch your favorite stars, your favorite players all together on the same court. It gets a little chippy here and there where everybody wants to show out and be better than everybody else in it. Especially if you got a player that wants to be the all-star MVP and is just doing as much as he can to get that. I remember Allen Iverson. I can't remember what year it was. Just went nuts. Every time he touched the ball, nobody else was going to get it. And he was driving and he looked amazing. Well, he was amazing. But you knew as soon as he stepped on that court what he was trying to do. And, of course, he won it because he deserved it. Well, with the new format for Kobe Bryant, so I wrote it down as I was heard it being explained because it's kind of confusing. I, I like it. I think it's okay that they're trying something different, especially in honor of Kobe Bryant. And because they want to revamp the NBA All-Star game as much as they can, how often they can. So it's going to be 12-minute quarters. And at the end of the quarter, there's going to be a winner after each quarter. The fourth quarter, there's not going to be a clock. They're going to total the points for the first three quarters. Then they're going to add 24 points to reach a target score. So, say at the end of three quarters, LeBron's got 100, Giannis has got 95. They're going to add 24 points to that. The team who reaches a target score first wins the game in the fourth quarter. So it's not by clock, it's by who gets the target score. So like I said, if LeBron's team has 100 and Giannis' team has 95 or vice versa, the team with 100 points needs to score that 24. The team with 95 would need to score 29 because they're five behind plus the 24. And there's also going to be donations throughout the whole thing too. So after a quarter, if your team is up, I believe it's 100,000 is going to the organization of the team's choice. And then at the, the end, the winner is going to donate 200,000 to the organization of their choice. So it's a cool deal. I do think it's confusing. I do like that the fourth quarter is not gonna have a clock. There's a target score, something different. I do like that they went with 24 for Kobe Bryant. Thought it was cool. I don't know if it had to be that confusing, but I get that they're trying to shake it up and pay respects 
to an NBA legend. So I'm not going to bash it too much. I'm going to watch the game and enjoy. That's what I'm going to do. The rest of the All-Star stuff, I want to go over this real quick. Say who I think is going to win and things like that. Even though it's a week away, but there's a lot of local playoff stuff going on. So putting that in as much as possible. Getting lots of awesome talks, including Sam Allen. Taking the Bruins to the Class 1A Plano Regional on Saturday. And there'll be other local teams there too. So St. Bede, Mendota, Putnam County Hall. Marquette in Ottawa is going to be there. Aurora Central Catholic, Mooseheart, Plano, Sandwich, Seneca, Samanac, Yorkville Christian are the teams that are going to be there. So Sam is looking to get as many Bruins as he can to get to the sectional. We can't forget this last weekend either where the St. Bede wrestling team went 4-0 at the Super Duels. The Putnam County Hall wrestling team hosts the Super Duels every year. And St. Pete went and was triumphant this past weekend. Our chat was before the Super Duels, and he talks about how his team is excited to actually go for it all, and he thought they had the potential to, and they ended up doing it. So congrats to them, and now we go on to the regionals. We'll definitely talk about that right after I wrap up the All-Star stuff. Starting with the Rising Stars Challenge, I mean, the United States has Zion, Trey Young, Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Paschal, Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, and P.J. Washington. <laughs> tons of talent there. Tons and tons of crazy talent. I love Zion. Trey plays no defense, but can shoot from anywhere. He's lights out. Ja Morant is going to be a superstar. Super, super, superstar. I was crazy hoping that he was going to fall to seven to the Chicago Bulls in the last NBA draft. Of course, that didn't happen, but I was hoping it would. Jaron Jackson is an awesome power forward, defensive specialist, but can do what he needs to do to score some buckets too. Kendrick Nunn's a lot of fun to watch. Tyler Hero is a lot of fun to watch. They're both on the heat. Those two and Jimmy Butler are a great threesome. Hopefully that can stick together for a little while. The world team is Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, RJ Barnett, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Brandon Clark, Rue Hichimura, Moritz Wag Wagner, Wagner, he's from Germany, so it's like Wagner. Spy, Mc not even gonna do it. He's from Ukraine. He plays with the Pistons. Spy McCullough, like a. Yep, not gonna do it. And then Josh Okagi from the Timberwolves. I'm going with the United States team in that one. Luca's awesome. I like DeAndre Ayton. RJ Barnett is cool. Shea Gilgis Alexander has been killer for the Thunder. Wagner played at Michigan with former LaSalle Peru coach Luke Yaklich. He was an assistant from Michigan when Moritz was still there. And he always talked about how good this player was and, and things like that. So I'm going to be watching to see how he does in the game. But I'm going the United States team. I don't see how they lose. Skills challenge, we got Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, Bam Adebayo, Montes Sabonis, Patrick Beverly, Chris Middleton, and Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm going with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think skills challenge, you need to be a little smaller, get around some stuff. I'm going with Spencer. Slam dunk contest, 
We got Dwight Howard, Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones Jr., Pat Connington. I'm going Dwight just because I feel like they're going to give him the walking towards the horizon twilight dunk contest winner. I don't know if Dwight does anything super crazy. I mean, he doesn't have the spring that he used to, but I'm definitely going Dwight. Three-point contest, we got Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Zach Levine, Buddy Hild, Duncan Robinson, Joe Harris, Davis Bertans, Devontae Graham. Zach Levine should have been in the dunk contest, not the three-point shooter. He is not going to win that. I am going to go with Buddy or Trey. I mean, all of them can shoot. There's no doubt about that. I don't think Zach Levine should be in there. Damian Lillard's a game three-point shooter. Not off the racks. Nah, not off the racks. And I did forget the celebrity game. I'll go back. I mean, that's usually the first thing, so that's why I said go back. Screaming Steven, he is the coach of one of the all-star celebrity games with Chance the Rapper. I mean, it says what he is. He's a rapper. Anthony Spice Adams used to be a NFL tackle. Now he's a TV host. Taylor Bennett is a rapper. LaRoyce Hawkins, an actor. Lil Rel Howery, actor, comedian. Mark Lazary, co-owner of the Bucks. I'm kind of curious how he plays. Darius Miles, former NBA forward. I actually use him in NBA 2K all the time. He dunks all over the place. Caitlin Ohashi, she was a UCLA gymnast, and she was awesome at it. Quavo, he's a rapper with the Migos. I really don't like him. I kind of don't even want to see him play in this game. <laughs> Ronnie 2K, he is the digital marketing director for NBA 2K. I hope somebody dunks on him. <laughs> Why can't you guys make your servers work all the time and not only when you want them to? Just dunk all over them. And then Aja Wilson's a forward for the Las Vegas Aces. Then we have Team Michael Wilbon. It's got Common, who is a captain in the rapper and my favorite celebrity out of all of them. I love Common. Jose Andres, celebrity chef. We got John Batiste. Batiste? Musician. Kane Brown, country singer. Bad Bunny, reggaeton, Hannibal Burris, actor, comedian, Famous Los is a rapper. I actually do like him. I knew him before as King Los. I believe that's the same guy. Chelsea Gray is a guard with the Los Angeles Sparks. Jadina is a rapper. Alex Moffett, Saturday Night Live. He's kind of funny. And Quentin Richardson, former NBA player. Gus Commons, a captain. And... I mean, if I was on Screaming Steven's team, I'd probably get sick of him screaming because I'm sure he's going to. I'm going to go with Will Bond, and it's in Chicago, and Michael Will Bond's a Chicago guy. I'm going with Will Bond. Well, I hopefully that wasn't too much NBA All-Star Game stuff for you. Sam Allen is awesome. Check out the interview. Please come back. Follow us everywhere you can. Like I said earlier in the podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Music is where you can hear us. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook Edge We are podcast, in the midst Twitter of winter, end of January, Thank beginning you, of February ish. Time of the year. It's cold. It's snowy. You know that kind of deal. We are in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. But winter and cold also means winter sports, which also means wrestling mats are on gym floors all across America, including Nowhereville, Illinois. And that brings my guest here, St. Bede Wrestling Coach Sam Allen. How are you, Sam? Oh, good, uh, Brandon. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate this. 
No problem. Anytime. You've always been a good chat. We've been doing stories for, you know, a little bit here as you took over the St. B program a couple years ago. And let's talk about that. I mean, it's winter. You're in gyms, wrestling mats. This has got to be a good time of the year for you. Oh, yeah. It's uh, definitely my favorite time of the year, I have to say. Wrestling uh, since, you know, I started uh back as a youngin it's been you know one of the best experiences of my life year after year you know i just can't get enough of it that's that's why i do it i think that's anybody who puts themselves through this season in any way shape or form down to you know the uh little helpers you know and the scorekeepers and the people holding the cameras and the parents bringing the snacks for the kids at tournaments and meets and just anything that anybody puts themselves through uh you know, you gotta love it, right? You know, one of my favorite times and and just seeing the kids improve from the uh, beginning of the season to the end of the season is just, there's nothing like it. I think all coaches kind of share that, what they love about coaching and their specific sport. And how many years is this for you with St. Pete? Is this your third or fourth? This is my third year as the St. Pete head coach. And you were an assistant for a few years too, weren't you? Yeah, I actually um, was brought on as an assistant back when uh, John Barnes, that's a good name drop for everybody to kind of reference here for for a timeline. Uh, When John Barnes was finishing up his sophomore year, Gavin Kurtz got a hold of me. He was assisting Sean Hobson at the time who was the head coach and yeah john was getting out of his sophomore year and gavin was like you got to come help me with this guy he is a big kid and we need someone to uh roll around the room with him i i mean i can do it but it would sure help if there was another guy in there with me you know when me and gavin uh wrestled at ottawa together i went to ottawa what 2002 to 2006 and gavin's a, a year behind me in school we wrestled for the Ottawa, and we, we were a pretty good team back then. You know, we take a lot of pride in that, in our old Ottawa team there. We had some some good goes, to say the least. But uh, anyway, you know, so that he he called me up because I'm just another coach in the area, another guy he knows is wrestling, you know, somewhere, right? You know, helped out with John, and then I ended up taking a job at Seneca after only uh, one year of assisting at St. Bede. I am now assisting at Seneca, then I ended up, because of getting to know people through the one year of coaching I did at St. Pete, I ended up actually getting an opportunity to take a job there as a PE and health teacher. So I took that, but then I'm still assisting at Seneca. So I actually was assisting at Seneca for a few years prior to being the head coach at St. Pete. So it's just wrestling everywhere, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like if I'm I'm going to do it somewhere, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find a place to do it one way or the other. It's obviously a lot easier to coach at the place that you're teaching, you know. So that's ultimately what uh, led me down the path of, you know, going all, all in on the green and white with uh, teaching and coaching at St. Bede. You dropped the name John Barnes, who as a junior finished third, I believe, and then as a senior won the state championship as a heavyweight or 220? No, he was a heavyweight, yeah, 285. Yeah, he was a big kid. I'm six foot, and at that time that he was there, what did he graduate, 2014 or 15? Uh, yeah, 15, 15, I think. He was the athlete of the year for local news tribune and things like that. I did a lot of stories with John, got to know him pretty well. He was also on the track team as a thrower, discus, and shot put. Went to state as a junior and senior, medaled there. I can't remember if he did before then. I know he did as, as a senior and a junior. But anyway, big, big kid. I mean, I'm six foot at that time, probably, you know, 230, 240. 
I'm not muscle like he was, but he was a couple inches taller than me and just muscle, kind of built like a truck. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you're nailing it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Big boy. I believe somewhere around 6'4". And he was every bit of, you know, 280 pounds. Now, you know, we knocked that off him throughout uh, a wrestling season just based on the, the workload that, you know, any wrestler goes through in the season. At the time, we were young. When, yeah, I don't consider myself too young anymore after passing that 30 mark. <laughs> it's funny how that, uh, you know, really hits you hard after you, that first hill and... You know, you get those older guys that say, yeah, well, you know, wait till you're 40, wait till you're 50. <laughs> that doesn't get any better. But anyway, yeah, back in my, uh, you know, mid-20s when I was still, you know, spry and wrestling, me and Gavin and I would, uh, you know, take our turns on John. That's why he brought me over there. And I mean, that was, I mean, even though, you know, we're experienced wrestlers, we both have a little bit of time in college, Gavin and I do. He was a, a state wrestler in high school. We have mad experience, a lot of it between our so John never really like beat on us, but it was not easy to wrestle him. He's a specimen, to say the least. He made just about everybody else that he was wrestling against kind of look like a little kid, and he was a man. That's kind of how it looked sometimes. Yeah, he picks me up like I'm a tiny baby. <laughs> like when he comes back to visit and stuff, like he he has this thing where he always sneaks up on me, and it's funny. I'm just now getting it. Like it's taken like the the tenth time, but it's like nobody picks me up. I'm not a small person, you know. I'm a short person, but as far as you know, uh, mass goes and, and weight, I'm not small. And for someone just to lift you up ever so easily you know like you're a child that doesn't happen to me very often he's he does it to me every time he comes back to visit that's how to put in perspective like how big and strong he is you know last year you missed a lot of the season or a very very large chunk of it because of a family issue your wife amy i don't know if it's called got sick or caught something and i mean you can explain in a second but you had to back away from the program so just talk about that how last year affected your family and then to come back this year with the team and be the head coach again the only way i can think to start that off is what happened uh with my wife last year and what we're still uh going through you know as we speak here was a terrible neurological disorder that Honestly, you know, I could I could sit and talk about this for a long time just on the subject alone, but kind of the, in the nutshell, it's not really known what's what's actually going on with her, and that's one of the most frustrating parts about it. Um, her symptoms match hundreds and hundreds of different uh, diagnoses that they're still pretty clueless. Uh, We've been to all the different uh, major medical institutions that you probably hear of all the time for good things. Like we started out in Morris, which, you know, for a local hospital, they're very good over there. Uh, Morris Hospital did a really good job, but it was just too big of a job for them. So we went on to Rush University in Chicago. We went to, we've been to Northwestern. We've been to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. And now we're at the University of Chicago. Team of doctors after team of doctors still haven't been able to figure out, well, right now the doctors that we have are, are doing their darndest and so far they seem to be doing a good job you know we still are yet to know what's going on with her but she's experiencing some different treatments or like a different order of treatments you know without kind of explaining all the details we're still like in that 
area where we don't know if what these guys are trying is going to work yet. Like, it's still too early. Processes that they're going through right now, it's still a little too early to tell. But with something like this, the neurological disorder that she has and the symptoms that she experiences, anybody that's going through something similar is going through all the same stuff we're going through. You know, doctors are trying to figure it out. Yeah, some things get diagnosed and they get to nail it down, and that's everybody celebrates. But, you know, we're still not in that even we're not even in that stage yet you know of knowing what it is so it's frustrating it's hard there's some of the symptoms that your wife amy is going through she has very high hypersensitivity as in like you know just touching anything like any kind of abrasive surface even something like a bath towel can really like send a, a shock through her body so she's and it's, it's not like it happens all the time it just likes to happen you know every once in a while just enough to be really annoying you know i know that's hard for her, the hypersensitivity um she has proprioception paralysis where the best way to explain it is like you know you and i can close our eyes and we can reach out for something in front of us and, and probably have a pretty good shot at grabbing it you know if we knew it was there when she closes her eyes she loses complete sense of where her limbs are like if she like reaches out in front of her she might be reaching up or down instead like tell her to reach right with her eyes closed she might not be able to reach to the right you know she'll reach left so it's like you know without the visuals you know her senses are uh, pretty shot then she has uh neuropathy throughout her uh, extremities it's like really bad at the tips of her extremities like her toes and then as you move up like her fingers toes into the feet into the hands like it gets a little bit better but the farther out you go it's worse you know she doesn't have a whole lot of control of her of her lower extremities and her like from her forearms down you know, she is a lot farther than when she started. She was basically quadriplegic. She could not move anything from the neck down. Since then, you know, she was also at Shirley Ryan Ability Lab between a few of those places I mentioned earlier, the other hospitals, which they're uh, really well-trained and advanced in uh, dealing with things just like this and many other more problems that have to do with, uh, you know, people experiencing uh, any kind of paralysis or, or neuropathy or other sensory problems, nervous system problems, so that they're really good. Uh, she did a lot of hard therapy there for several weeks and at the end was actually uh, walking with a walker using a wheelchair sparingly so she went a long way from not being able to move at all she was able to you know go through that get back to where she could actually walk around the house using you know just like a wall or you know kind of bracing herself here and there and, and she was she was doing really well for a while and now she is kind of not regressing i don't want to say regressing but you know with all these treatments that she goes through you know being in and out of the hospital i think it's a lot of stress that it makes it really difficult to to recover but we always got to kind of remember and go back to where she started keep moving forward keep thinking that the doctors are we know for a fact they're doing everything they can at this point and you know trying to get this solved so we just got to keep faith in that at one point with the wheelchair and the walker, she was in uh, braces on her legs. She's no longer in those braces. There's bad days where she feels weak and she'll put one on or both of them on kind of for security. But she's out of the braces and she's very limited, but she kind of pushes her limits on the daily. You know, she's uh, not just sulking in it. She's, she's really doing what she can on a daily basis. And 
we just got to keep positive and keep trying to move forward. That's all you can really do. My thoughts have been with you guys, you know, this entire time and awesome to hear because the last time I talked to you wasn't the beginning, beginning of, you know, her having the neurological issues, but it was, you know, kind of new. So I'm glad to hear that she's made a lot of improvements and things are changing. I know this has to be super hard for, you know, your family. You guys have little kids. The hospital visits and stuff cannot be easy. So my thoughts are definitely with you guys and I know you're tough. I know she's tough and you guys will fight through. Yeah, you know, and without the people around us, I don't know what we do. We're, we're so blessed, you know. I, I could sit here and probably uh, take up a bunch of time just listening to people. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know, anybody out there that's ever done anything to assist us, anything under any category, you know, that's helped us out, we wouldn't be able to do that without that help. So we are just blessed. And also, you know, as far as any kind of toughness that I've shown throughout this, she's a hundred times tougher than me, Amy is. So that has a lot to do with where we're at today as well, because that's how hard this is. I mean, I would not, someone giving up, and I don't mean giving up like, you know, getting rid of themselves, but I just mean giving up in the sense of not trying to keep going forward every day, not keeping yourself moving, keeping yourself, you know, active. I mean, she she knows so much about her situation that she like is at the point where she's getting the doctors up to speed when she meets like a new doctor <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome. so you know people can either do that or they can you know kind of just let a, someone else take the reins and she's not letting that happen so but yeah you know i i keep thinking about how last year what it did to me and my time with the wrestling team you know to kind of get back on that track like I said, you know, there was really no other option. And, you know, it just makes me think of that concerning all these people that were there to help us and do things because St. Beat itself is just an amazing institution and all-around family. was starting to mean a lot to me in the last couple of years that I've been there. I've been there a total five years as a, as a teacher. And so three years as the wrestling coach recently. And then if you want to count the, I don't know, like season and a half that I was there for John before that, you know, so that's like kind of my timeline there. Um, it's just an amazing place. You know, I mean, you know, you know, some of the people, I don't know what would have done without them. You know, I just feel like, you know, sometimes in other, other places, it might've, it might've been a lot harder, you know, to go through that and have to be there for my family like that. And gone from work and coaching like I was. That was the first wrestling season I've been absent from since I started wrestling when I was in fifth grade. So that had to be very different for you. Yeah, it was really weird because I watched more wrestling than I normally watch during that time. I had like, well, like Coach Kurtz was really good about having the kids like record it and send it to me or like live stream it. So I got to do that a lot, not as you know, much as I'd like to, obviously, but, you know, I did get to do that pretty often, so that was nice. The kids would, like, video chat with me, like, group chat, so that was that was cool. So I, like, was involved in, like, different ways, like, more than usual, but that's because I was, like, taking a spectator's seat, and I, I don't know if I liked it. <laughs> Even though I, I appreciated it, I didn't like it, you know what I mean? Definitely. And I know uh, we were going to go back to this year's team real quick, but I just noticed that we didn't really say how it started with her. We don't have to go into the whole, I know it's kind of a, uh, like right. a, a, it was kind of like a progress of how it happened. Like she, I know it started with her fingers or something like that and then continued. But what was the, I guess the original cause of it, I guess. To be completely honest, we thought it was 
uh, a ZPAC that she was prescribed. Uh, she had this cold for several weeks that just would not go away. And I, I mean, like, several weeks as in, like, like maybe a week before Halloween through she got sick, started getting really bad with this, probably, like, December 16th, I believe, of uh, 2018. I mean, we're talking, like, you know, I don't know how much time it is. We're talking like six, eight weeks. She had this cold on and off, right? So she finally goes to prompt care and they prescribe her a Z-back. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a Z-back before. I have. It's like the, the quick cure like everybody goes and gets when they can't get rid of a cold or like flu symptoms, you know? Right. We thought that was it because it was so uncanny. She was on like the second dose. Like she had only taken like the first dose one day and then the next day takes the second dose within three hours. She started getting like this intense tingling in her fingers and toes, like like your foot falls asleep. And you know how it's like a really annoying kind of like almost like a burn like at first if you got it really good. You're right. So like, yeah, it was like that she said, but like fire, like she said, it was, she, the way she described it, it was like that just, you know, but way more intense. And so we were like, well, that's got to be it. You had to have had a bad reaction to that. And we looked some stuff up, you know, while this is just in the beginning stages. And, you know, we just found crazy stuff that like, yeah, people have reacted bad to azithromycin and other medications like it. And this could potentially be a cause, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, just reading that stuff. I mean, that's what they always tell you not to do. Like doctors and uh, most medical professionals be like, don't go looking stuff up and, you know, getting yourself all worried and in a tizzy over stuff that you can't be sure about, you know. But, of course, anybody's going to do that in this day and age with technology at the, at the end of your fingers. How are you going to sit there and not look something up like that? You know what I mean? I do it every so, day. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it's like we're, you know, doing the best we can but we know that you know you just have to look it up you're reading all this negative stuff you know to say the least we were convinced for a while that it was the azithromycin that initially caused this that was the catalyst after you know visiting all the places that we've been through the last 14 months it's been now we just don't really think that it's that anymore a lot of doctors at first were uh you know not so keen on the fact that that could have caused it they think that it was just coincidence we're like coincidence well that's pretty you know how can you say it's a coincidence but the more we've learned about this situation uh it almost sounds like it might have been but we can never be sure i mean we've had doctors say that it could have very well been like coincidence of some type of virus that she had and then the fact that her body didn't react so well to the azithromycin it could have been like two unrelated causes that somehow indirectly you know interacted with each other the wrong way and two rare circumstances just crossing paths and causing this problem with her her nervous system which that's pretty far-fetched in itself but it all is really it, it all is it's all very uh complex a little confusing and just a lot does to soak up so you know we don't know it, the the short answer to your question is we have no idea how this started nobody really does yet we have a lot of good theories but man it's getting real tough to keep theorizing you know what i mean that's insane that that something like this could just happen and have no idea what really started it that's insane it is it really is that just lets you us know. know that we have to, you know, count our blessings and be happy that we're, you know, as normal as we can be every day because you never know when something else is going to happen that throws wrenches and everything. You just really don't. You really don't. That's kind of what this experience has, has taught us. I mean, it's so hard to take positives away from something like this. 
It really is. I think you have to a little bit to to be able to to live some kind of normal life and be able to move forward with some kind of uh, hope because that's all you can do. But yeah, you really just not know when something like this is going to happen. So if anything, we've learned from this is that it could always be worse. It's hard to say that sometimes because, you know, seeing what she deals with every day and the pain that she goes through uh, mentally, emotionally, and especially physically, it's hard to say that it could always be worse. But really, you know, we've both said that at different times throughout this experience, and that's all there is to it. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen to you the next day. So you wake up in the sunshine, and that's that's pretty good. Pretty good start. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So now you're back with the team this year. Let's talk about some of your, your kids and kids that you hope can do something in the postseason with regionals just a weekend away. It's pretty crazy. The season's already starting to wrap up. We got regionals next weekend. It is. You know, comparing last year to this year, in that sense, last year was so long because I was missing everything. Now I'm in the thick of everything again. I've been back all year. We have great resources helping us out uh, just enough to where, you know, I'm able to be that coach this year. And, you know, I'm so appreciative of that because I definitely missed it. We have a lot of things to look forward to here towards the end of the season you know we missed we missed a couple marks we we made some goals this season uh some of them were a little exaggerated and kind of unreachable on purpose i think a lot of coaches will try to use that tactic by kind of setting some standards a little high even if the coach knows they're going to be a little hard to get but you got to make some achievable goals too you know, you have to set some steps ahead of them that you know they're going to get on top of that. So we did that. I wanted to get to 18 and something. I wanted to get 18 wins this year. We still have four duels to wrestle this weekend at Hall. PC Hall wrestling uh, team is going to have the uh, super duels. They have that every year. We have that left, and, you know, we're, you know, I'm not going to... I kind of hate saying stuff like this because I don't want to have a big head or anything, but we're hoping to, to go there and win, win every duel. You know, I think everybody is, obviously, right? <laughs> so I guess I shouldn't feel too bad about saying that. Yeah, but, you know, we're hoping, we're hoping to go there and, and go 4-0. So that's exciting, you know, we get to have a little team tournament right at the end of the season with local teams and, you know, hopefully be the big dog at the end of the day. As far as regionals go... I think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a decent regional. We're definitely uh, one of the top three teams, I believe, at the regional. We also have Seneca and Sandwich there. That's gonna be pretty tough. Seneca was one of our our goals this year to uh, beat them, and that was the one that I was just out of reach. And and to tell you the truth, they they surprised me because we actually got within eight points of Seneca at that duel, and that was actually a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so uh, I was really proud of them after that. In fact, they, they thought that I was disappointed like right away before anybody got to see my face. And it was just funny because they thought that I'm sitting there disappointed and stuff and no one really got to see me first. And then when they all leaned forward and looked at me, it took everything in me not to let one shed. You know what I'm saying? Just because I was so proud of the, the way they wrestled. And that's, that's one of the things I mentioned earlier. You know, coaches love seeing their guys improve you love seeing that and that was like a really major step for us as a team and a program and you know it's a duel anything happened in a duel 
Uh, on any day walking in there, I know just as much as the next guy that Seneca, they're a great team. And, you know, they had every bit of ability to, uh, on another day to, you know, blank us maybe. You know what I mean? I know that. But also on a really good day, we could, it looks like we could also beat them just by it being that close. So that was really cool. That was one of our big goals. And we got so darn close to actually doing it. That's awesome. Who are some of the guys on this year's team that, you know, you look for for leadership and, you know, to get you a lot of wins throughout the season and heading into the regional? Well, uh, Coach Kurtz and I, we're in our different ways tough on the guys. I think it's necessary uh, to be a little hard on your wrestlers because, let's face it, it's a hard-nosed sport. That's all there is to it. Um, uh, there's, there's this t-shirt that I want to get. It says, my sport has blood time. Does yours? <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's a pretty neat uh, t-shirt because I never really thought of that before. Like, yeah, hey, you don't have uh, anybody, you know, starting a blood clock and any, anything else, you know. So it's a, it's a hard-nosed sport. So you got to be tough on your guys. Beginning of the season, we didn't have any, like, clear-cut leaders like guys that were for sure going to walk in and be the captains you know like you do sometimes we just didn't have that it's not that we lost like any big leadership roles last year we had charlie Corey uh, was a really good wrestler for us uh and he graduated last season so this was the first season without charlie we had another guy hunter monterestelli who had you know somewhat of a leadership role he only wrestled a few years uh he joined as a junior and then wrestled as a senior those guys had somewhat of a leadership role we lost that we just didn't have clear-cut guys stepping up so we at the beginning of the season kind of said you're gonna have to earn it and the first guy that did that was Ethan Fleming. Uh, he's currently a junior, 170-pounder. Uh, I've known Ethan longer than he's known me. I started my coaching career at Marseilles Elementary, where I actually went to school, and that's where I started wrestling. So I, out of college, the principal of Marseilles, uh, Jeff Olson, asked me if you know, I wanted the job, and of course I did. You know, I, I couldn't believe that it was available. When I was coaching there, Ethan Fleming was wrestling at Shepherd Junior High over in Ottawa. I kind of pay attention to him much, you know, because it's just another junior high wrestler to me at the time. But it was just funny thinking back, like I remember watching him and stuff like that. So he's a guy that has been in wrestling. As far as that goes, he started the same time I did when I was younger in fifth grade. So he's one of the few guys on the team that have experience beyond high school. Or I guess I shouldn't say beyond high school, but prior to high school. What my reasoning for explaining that is, is that, you know, he, he brings to the table some background, some knowledge, experience, both for the individual aspect and the team aspect. I think he was like one of those guys who was bound to step up. I was surprised that he was the first one to, to kind of make his claim as far as being a leader of the team. But I tell you what, he, he's a natural leader. He, he gets on the guy before I have to now. And I think that's like a quality a coach looks for in a peer team leader. He was the first one to step up by kind of getting vocal and, and corralling the guys for me. But the next guy led by example and all just breed strength and wrestling uh, skill, and that's Nick Lowe. He has no prior high school wrestling experience. Uh, he's all St. Pete wrestling. That guy, speaking of like John Barnes being a big dude, this guy is a Clydesdale. He's not like John Barnes-esque, but he is in his own realm, just a big Clydesdale horse. That's what I call him. That's what he looks like to me, clapping around like a big giant horse. <laughs> Yeah, so he was the, he was the next guy, and, he, and it was mostly because of his examples, you know, and just his wrestling skill. He wrestles well on the mat. He's a good, he's a good dual wrestler. He's a good uh, tournament wrestler. 
it's hard to say, you know, he's going to walk in a place and, and just beat everybody, but anybody he comes up against is not going to have a fun time. <laughs> Win or lose. Third guy that was just named captain today, actually, uh, Bo Bunnell. Uh He's a senior also. He's our 138-pounder. Him and Nick are seniors. Ethan's a junior. Bo has... I know really, really wanted to be a captain, and that's not why he got it. As much as he wanted to be a captain, he needed to show me and and, the, and his captain predecessors, Ethan and Nick, that you know he he could be at that mantle and step up to that. And in this last you know three four weeks, he really he really has. Uh, he's done every bit of it as far as uh, that definition goes. There. He's a good foundation for St. Bede Wrestling, kind of like Nick Lowe. You know, no prior wrestling experience before high school, and they're all, you know, about the St. Bede program, and they're not too shabby, you know. They're not beating, uh, you know, big-name wrestlers or anything, but they're solid guys, you know. Any, anybody would take them on their dual team, you know. They're going to go out there and give it their all and, and pull off a win here and there. You got some guys that you can rely on to, to help out the team, it sounds like. Well, you know, those guys are highlighted mostly just, you know, as far as being captains. Um, other guys that we can count on, uh, I got to throw out uh, Noah Spetzer, the junior. He's our 132-pounder. He gives almost any match he's in, win or lose, he gives the guy a run for his money, and he gets a lot of tough dudes. He, he wrestles a lot of uh, honorable mentions and state-ranked guys, and he gives every single one of them a run for their money. They cannot slouch wrestling them, and they and they find that out pretty quickly. So he's he's another solid one that you can you know more often than not he's going to pull it off. A guy who's kind of been coming up lately, he's a sophomore. He's got pretty big aspirations in wrestling. I think if he keeps doing what he's doing and, and pours it on a little more, uh, he's going to hit everything he's hoping for. Henry Ortiz, a one twenty pounder. And I know he's had a lot of ups and downs this season, but he's finishing the season strong. He's one of those guys that, you know, might come out of nowhere here, might qualify for sectionals. If he, you know, keeps wrestling tough and, and like I said, keeps doing what he's doing. And if he falls short of that this year, there's, you know, definitely not going to be any shame in that because, you know, I think what he's done here in the last couple of weeks is just uh, crazy all in itself. You know, he's really connecting some dots here in these in these closing weeks. And, you know, regardless of what happens this season, I just can't wait to see what he does next year as a junior. Ben Burke is a freshman who literally, I cannot find any better way to put this. This might not be as PC to, uh, when you talk about high school kids, but usually, like, if someone beats somebody in a wrestling match, you can usually assume that they're going to, like, that they would win in a street fight, right? Right. I think Ben Burke breaks that rule because he is so green and new to wrestling that he has, like, no clue what he's doing. But he seriously, like, messes guys up. <laughs> he can't score on them. He doesn't know how to score on them, but he has, you know, junior and senior varsity wrestlers in his weight class. He wrestles 152. He has these guys that are, like, seasoned wrestlers going, what the heck is this guy doing to me? <laughs> like, he's not even trying to score. He's basically just beating me up. <laughs> so, Ben Burke breaks that rule about, you know, wrestling and uh, street fighting. Like, I think he could honestly take a couple of those guys going hands. <laughs> you know, and you'll just never hear me say that about anybody else. He, so, he's, he's a guy that I don't think he, 
you know, really knew anything about wrestling. I think he's still in the figure it out stage, but we're looking forward to him coming back as a sophomore. He, he's a weight room guy. He wants to hit the weights hard. So cross our fingers and, and, you know, hope that that's what he does and see if he takes off with it, you know. James Sanchez, he's a junior. Uh, he's a first-year wrestler as a sophomore last year, and he really took the sport. You know, he's one of those guys who you can tell he just wishes that he discovered it sooner. And he shows that not just by the things that he says, but his actions. Uh, he's all about it. 100% a wrestler. He wants to learn. He wants to work hard. We just got to get him in the right weight class. He's wrestling at least one weight class up, if not two. And it's all because, you know, he wants to do that thing where he wants to be able to eat and stuff like that. And, you know, I hate even saying it like that because none of my guys, I don't think there's one guy that's actually like cutting any hard weight at all. All my guys are eating and they're still weighing in, you know, a pound or two under with the pound allowance, of course, but still, you know, we don't have any guys. And James is one of those guys. He knows it. I think he's going to put what he's learned this year about his weight um, and where he needs to be physically next year. He looks like, he, Bo Benell's a 138 pounder. He's like the same size as Bo Benell and he's wrestling 160. And he does really well. I think he's like... 21 and 7 right now, I want to say. You know, it's not like he's had a bunch of tough, tough matches this year, but he has had some tough matches, and more often than not, he's coming out on top. So it's like, man, if you're wrestling people your size, what are you going to do? So, you know, I'm excited about that and the, and the possibilities there. Uh, you know, our captain, Ethan Fleming, is going to come back. He's going to be the returning, you know, the only returning captain. I think he's going to probably be about the same weight, but even if he gets, you know, he's at 170, if he goes up to 182, I still think no matter where he goes, he's going to do pretty well. He connected a lot of dots this year, and he's he's that guy with some more background prior to high school, you know, so someone like him putting things together, he's kind of putting things together on a different level, so I'm hoping that shines through. Our problem is going to be we're losing Pete Sampson. He's a senior this year. He's our 285-pounder. He has come a long way. He's one of those seniors that is also all St. Bede wrestling, no prior experience. He's going to be a big hole to fill. And not just because he's a 285-pounder. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it that way. He's a big dude. He is. He is. He's, he's ever been. He's up there 275, 280. He, and he, what? He's so strong. He's, he looks strong, and he's stronger than he looks. He's a, he's a tough guy, and it's just funny to know where he came from as a freshman, you know? He was just powder puff. A little guy that you couldn't wipe a smile off his face for nothing. Now he's this big, mean dude. <laughs> and, st and still just lovable, good-hearted Pete, you know? But he's, he's just a big, mean dude now when he's out there on the mat, and I just can't believe it sometimes. I just sit back and, you know, when I'm watching these guys at practice or at their wrestling meets, it's just funny just... You know, and how quick it goes, too. You know, these knowing these kids as freshmen and now, you know, their seniors leaving. It definitely goes by quick. There's no doubt about that. It does. You know, um, we got a couple other guys on the team, too. Uh, Brayton Kane's a freshman. He's got some wrestling background experience. Uh, he wrestled for a wrestling club in junior high. I'm not sure which one. I um, want to say the Ottawa Crushers. But, you know, he's got some background he helped us out here and there this year, you know, by either collecting forfeits or uh, getting a little tune-up match in here and there. So we'll expect more out of him next year. Uh, Sam Moshman's another guy leaving senior, and he's one of those guys. He's like a he's like a real 
sneaky but valuable guy you know he's not out in the forefront very often he's not the guy out there uh you know with the great record or all these takedowns or pins but when we use him we throw him in the lineup and i can't tell you how many matches this year that he's won that he probably had no business winning he's four-year wrestler only and it's, it's just really cool to see. So we're going to miss him a lot, especially now that look, he's picking it up really good. You know, it's like, man. <laughs> and now you're leaving, you know. As soon as you start to, to put it together and get it. But, you know, I know it's changed his life for the better. I, I know that he really loves the team and, and loves doing, doing wrestling the last four years. So, you know, he's going to miss it as much as we're going to miss him. But as far as, like, guys that are going to maybe get out of regionals, if we've learned anything this year, we just can't count our eggs before they hatch. You know, that's a, a cliche and it's kind of an obvious thing to say, but people get there all the time. People get excited and kind of overlook some things, you know, count things before they happen and, and get let down a lot. So we just try not to do that. We try to be realistic. We try to take things one match at a time, kind of what sense, you know, or that kind of philosophy, one match at a time, one day at a time. Regionals, you know, we're, like I said, we should be the top three team there. After learning that Sandwich and Seneca were being moved into our regional this year, you know, we kind of, our hopes kind of dropped because last year the guys only got second to Aurora Christian and they were the uh, defending dual state champs uh, the year before. So yeah, there was a lot of, you guys had a lot of guys make it to sectionals. Didn't you have like seven or eight or something like that? We had seven, and then we had an eight get in as an alternate, I believe. Yeah, that was a lot of kids for one team to get to a sectional. Yeah, absolutely. Like, our march, like, they had this little, like, march thing at the sectional, and I just couldn't believe it. It was like, man, we're like, <laughs> we're a team with, like, some of the most kids here compared to a lot of the other teams. For St. Bede to be like that in the wrestling world, you know, is pretty cool. So, yeah, you know, I, it's hard to say, you know, if it's going to be to that extent this season. You know, it really is. It's I can sit here and be super optimistic, which, you know, I, I pretty much am most of the time about any outlook, especially concerning wrestling. But it's like it's I can sit here and be super optimistic and be like, yeah, I think this guy's going to go. I think this guy's going to go. But it's, it's just hard to do that. It really is. With Sandwich and Seneca in our regional, you kind of got to hope for a good draw on the seeds at each weight class. Kind of hope that you're on that day or your guy's on and theirs isn't. Uh, there's a lot of factors because there's going to be a lot of good kids there in the sense that, yeah, they might have lost to one of our guys twice, but are they going to get on this third one? Wrestling's one of those sports. I mean, all sports in general. You never know what's going to happen that day. I mean, that's why the games are played. That's why the, the matches are wrestled. It's it's really crazy. I've seen great wrestlers lose early. I've seen, you know, wrestlers that weren't toted as high, you know, have great runs in the postseason. You have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, you just really don't. And, I, you know, it's this year. Because of the competition and because of who we've wrestled so far, this year is just really hard. It's harder than usual to, to call it, you know. We really hope, uh, if I go up the line, you know, like I said, Henry Ortiz might sneak in there. Uh, if he is in this upswing that he's in now at the end of the season, if he keeps that going in the regionals. Dominic Bima, he's a junior. He's wrestled for St. Pete for three years now. He's got no prior high school experience. And he's one of the guys, those guys he's off and on. You know, he'll wrestle an honorable mention kid down to the, you know, tooth and nail and just barely lose the match. 
and then he'll you know wrestle you know somebody more like his skill level and and not be himself uh and then he'll go out there and beat he'll he'll wrestle up a weight class and beat a kid that he's got no business beating bima you know he it kind of depends on his day but he's always got the potential to to make it through regionals uh, then there's no setter you know he's that kid like i said we can depend on a lot uh more often than not he's gonna go out there and uh and get the W. So he's a guy that we we think should make it through without being sure of anything. That's a good way to that's a good way to put it though. Yeah, it is. It's a, I thought that was pretty nice there that I put it that way. <laughs> but you know, Bo Bunnell, he's one of those guys too. It's like he, he really should. You know, he really should. And, and we just, I just hope he's on that day because when Bo's on, he's on, and that's a good thing. When he's off, you know, boy, is he off. You know, so really, just hope that he's having an on day that day, and he should be fine. And James Sanchez is another one. You know, same thing as Bo. You know, if he's on, he should be good. Ethan Fleming and Nick Lowe, they should get out there. Nick Lowe should definitely get out. We're looking at, you know, Nick Lowe, if he, if he wrestles, if he has a good couple weekends, uh, you know, if he pops through the state, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm not calling anything by any means, and I'm not counting eggs before they hatch, but I, I, I'm just saying if that eggs hatch, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be overjoyed, <laughs> but not, not too surprised. He's just a tough nut. He's wrestled a lot of good competition this year, really well, uh, whether he's come out with his hand raised or not. So, And also, you never know who's going to show up at regional sometimes. Kind of know the teams, whether you faced them throughout the season or whether you've heard about them a lot for whatever reason or if you're just familiar with them in general, you know, they can bring a totally different lineup to regionals all of a sudden. Sick or injured, skin issues, stuff like that, you know, you just never know. That's kind of like what makes wrestling like so different than everything else you know well coach i thank you very much i learned more about your team like i've been following and you know reading here and there about your team but i think i just learned more there than i thought i was going to which is always a plus that's why i'm doing this oh cool good good i'm, I'm glad that uh, you have that reaction there <laughs> for sure and if i learned something then that means the listeners had to have learned something too and that's what we're here to do as well well, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you having me. I, it's always nice to be able to kind of get your side of things out there. And I know that there's also a lot of questions uh, with what's going on with me and my family and the wrestling team in general, you know, so it's nice to be able to get that out there. You always have an outlet here to talk, Sam. Whenever you got something to say, just let me know. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate it. The feelings mutual. You ever want to shoot some more at me, just let me know. Definitely. Will do.